It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Keeping an objective eye on the NFC East. Well, and also making fun of the Cowboys. Well, thank you very much. It's The Beast, a Radio.com podcast about the enemies of the East. All right, welcome back into The Beast. This is what, the third episode? Four? We are number three, yeah. Yeah, I, I, apparently I can't count three. Three, but really four, but we did. We kind of restarted the count, so three. We'll say three. Yeah. Uh, yes, three after it's week three. It's the magic number. It is, and that is the magical voice of Wait, John Wait, are we going to get sued? Are we going to get sued for singing like that? All right, I got to rethink this. Uh, would you get sued for, <laughs> uh, for like copyright infringement? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to come after us now. You know, it's just kind of... I was, I was born yeah. by the river <laughs> in a little tent. Uh, I'm not paying royalties. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> Oh, wait. Was that Sam Cooke? It was. Look at you. I know. See? I knew I, I liked this guy. I'm a big Sam Cooke fan. Me too. We're going to learn a lot about each other during the show, John. There's Maybe so we should things. have a Sam Cooke segment at the end. Like, that'll be the Easter egg every time. <laughs> so, if you like Sam Cooke, listen to the end of this. Spike, if you're listening, don't listen to the end of this. But we'll just sing, sing some Sam Cooke together, maybe. <laughs> you know, why not? Yeah. I'm, I'm totally down for yeah. that. Stay tuned. But first, we're going to go to Dallas because Dallas oh, is so... Yes. yes, I know, right? Like This was fun because last week when we were talking about Dallas, they're feeling high and mighty. We're a top five defense and all that kind of stuff. They feel so hot because they beat the crappy Giants. And we're like, all right, well, Seattle's a great measuring stick for you. How do you do? And, uh, and John, they get smacked. They lose 24-6. to six. Not only they get smacked. I mean, this was... This is what we're are we on the fourth game in a row of Dak Prescott throwing under 200 yards under 200 I yards. I believe so. This is his second touchdown throw of the season in three weeks. You're going, 
What is happening in Dallas? And people are automatically going to jump on and say that Dak's a bad quarterback, and I'm going to say, you're right! You're right! He's actually <laughs> bad. It's a combination of him and Scott Linehan together. Joe Giglio put out a stat, Ooh. Uh, was that yesterday, where Tim Tebow, in his last 11 starts as an NFL quarterback, was better than what... Dak Prescott has done in his past 11 starts. Carson Wentz, who had an ACL injury coming into this season and week and repairing her, we all know the story, still has five more touchdown throws than Dak Wentz. Than Dak Wentz, listen to that. Than Dak Prescott does. Wow. So it happened again. I mean, it was just an anemic offense the entire three quarters of this. They score a, a garbage touchdown. The thing I love the most is that the Dallas Cowboys fans were screaming on the timeline saying, please stop running the football, as if they didn't select a top-five running back to go and Like, that's right. how fed up everybody is. He still ends up with 127 yards and 16 carries. No touchdowns, but they did nothing. Nothing at all. It was check down city. Dak was uh, running. Like, we all saw this coming a mile away once they were going into Seattle. Vince, you we were talking about it last week. We said it. We all said it. We got eyes. You can't just walk into the Giants stadium and, and or no, not walk in, but be at home, beat the Giants, and then go to Seattle and expect that you're a badass. This team stinks. It's bad. Bad. They're really bad. Underrated bad. Yeah, and, and I, I got to correct myself, by the way. I did say it was 24 to, to 6, which it was. Uh, it's 24 to 13, the final score. because the garbage touchdown, but, though. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just total garbage. And uh, the, the way they lose that game is great. Because Dak looks awful, and one of the things they've been doing all year, which is bad for Dak Prescott, is he's standing in the pocket. He's not a pocket passer. Like I, I don't know. This is weird because I don't think I've I've really said this about anybody. He's better when he throws on the run. Of course he is. He's just like for whatever reason, full speed, running to his right, running to his left. He can hit throws and and be pretty darn accurate. But for whatever reason, in the pocket, it just never works. And so the main question going on now, and this is great because. Well, it's great and it's bad, depending on how you feel. Uh, this, it, The conversation in Dallas is now, Scott Lenahan is the play caller. Should he be? He's been calling plays no, since 2014. He needs to be fired. Well, he, yeah, there's, there's, I, I, it, you can say whatever you want about Dak Prescott, and we already have. You cannot allow somebody to keep coaching your offense. And granted, I mean, look at this. Look, look, look at, uh, listen to this list of wide receivers. Who is the top? Who do you think is the top Catching wide receiver in this game, Vince. Uh, oh my God, is it? Uh, oh, it's oh, fuck. Uh, Cole Beasley. He was number two, three catches, forty-six yards. Oh wow, man. Deontay Thomas, two two catches, twenty-three yards. Alan Hearns, two catches, twenty-two yards. <laughs> M- Michael Gallup, who dropped everything, yeah. one one for seventeen. Ezekiel Elliott, three for eleven. T- uh, Tavon Austin, three for two yards. Three Blake, for two yards. I don't even know why Blake Jarwin is on the list with zero catches and zero yards, but he's on there anyway. He must well. have played a couple of snaps. Jeff Swam, who is like their. I don't know, second tight end, I can't even remember. Yeah. Is their leading receiver with five catches of 47 yards? Ew. That's all check down city. That's nine yards uh, per per catch. Oh, my God. So, you know, you're just sitting there going, I, I, I get it. Like, it's, it's hard. And this is what people are doing now with Dak Prescott. They are saying... Well, he doesn't have any weapons. Does anybody remember 2016 and why Carson Wentz got blamed for a lot of stuff that 
probably he shouldn't have in his situation in a rookie year trying to learn a playbook? Well, Dak Prescott's learned the playbook. He knows that offense. I don't, and you saw the differences between what Carson Wentz is able to do, and he, he still didn't play great. But still coming off of rust with dog shit on the outside, with two playmaking, you know, tight ends, still dissect what's happening on the offense, have control of it. Dak didn't look in control, has not looked in control control except for against the Giants. That's it. So I don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to fire their their OC pretty soon, and they're going to double down on Dak Prescott. They have to. I think Jerry loves him too much. And they're going to extend him at some point, well, and they're going to roll with that. That's the fascinating thing here, is because the way I'm looking at this is, I see okay, the first this is usually one of the first signs of death of a head coach is you're you're an offensive head coach, your play caller's not doing the job, so now you're going to have to either fire the guy or take the play calling duties from him. Usually, or if you're a head coach that's calling the plays, you have to give up play calling duties. But either way, when you're changing hands on who's calling the plays, that is a really bad sign for your future. Jason Garrett, I don't see it getting any better. He hasn't called plays in four years, you know? So uh, it's been a long time, and... if Linehan's going, and that could happen soon, where, where it breaks either way, then you're talking about Jason Garrett and his job security, and if a new coach comes in here, do they want Dak Prescott? How much are they going to sink them with Dak Prescott if they change play calling and it doesn't work? Uh, is Prescott going to have enough where they say, we have to pay this guy more than like a year or two? I don't know. So the, the whole domino effect of all of this is going to be fascinating, but it's snowballing in Dallas, and it's snowballing quickly. This is a real reality check. Well, and I think this is the... I mean, it was the beginning of the end, which seems like forever. This will, this might force Jerry's hand to clean out everything. Um, and I don't, but here's what's great about it. Because I know everybody's like, oh, you want to keep Garrett and Dak here long term? Yeah, of course. That would be the end result. Yes, that'd be the best. But we've already seen this Dallas organization choose poorly many times already. What makes you think that they're going to go and find the right head coach anyway? You know what, yeah. or or the right offensive coordinator, or whoever wants to come and and be there. I can't think of anything other than if they really want to trade for Sean Payton or do something stupid like that. And uh, I just, I I don't. I'm comfortable with them staying, with them moving on. But I'm just gonna enjoy the popcorn that's coming because, like we said, first week, first time that we did this show, I would rather see the drama in Dallas and one more loss that looks like this. Next is is going to be pretty nice, and I uh, I completely forget who they're playing. Detroit. Oh, it's the Lions. And they play Detroit. They the will be in Dallas for that game. Should, so yeah, if you lose to Detroit at home, see ya. That's it. Yeah, everybody's going to start rolling heads. It's going to explode. Yeah, and right now for Dallas, just to give you some numbers here, thirty first in the league, thirty first in points scored, thirtieth in yards. That'd be second worst, Vince. Yeah. And, <laughs> It's really bad. 27th in place per drive. So they're not moving the ball with any regularity. They're not scoring points. They're not getting any yards. They just blow. They just blow across the board. So really bad for Dallas. And uh, good luck to them. Next up, this was a bit of a surprise, John. We're talking about the Giants beating the Texans, a team that coming out of the gate. I mean, you thought, like, a lot of people that you would talk to that know the league, you'd say, you know, what do you think is going to happen in the South? And, hey, it's going to be tight, but, man, those Texans, they're a fun team. Deshaun Watson's back. Watt is healthy. They added Tyron Matthew. You thought they would be a good team. 0-3 right now because the Giants beat them. And and the big question we talked about last week was the offensive line or Eli Manning. What was the issue? Well, they replace Eric Flowers, which, I mean, honestly, two weeks was way too long for them to do that. 
and going into the season was way too yeah, long it was. for it. Yeah. it. It was crazy. The fact he's still on the roster is insane, let alone starting those two games. But they decided to do it. They finally pull him. They put Chad Wheeler in at right tackle. And Eli, Eli was sharp in that game. Wonder why? Yeah, tell me why. He had time. Exactly. And you know what? Chad Wheeler wasn't great, but it was good enough. You know, he wasn't a guy that was sticking his legs out trying to trip anybody that was happening in there. Yeah. He had time from the opening drive throughout this entire game. I mean, this is, it's still boring. Like it's Pat Shermer. Oh, yeah. It's very boring. But this is how you complete whatever it is 80% of your passes or whatever he ended up or something close to that. 25 to 29, 297, two touchdowns. That is clean pocket. We're going to paper cut you to death. We're going to have Saquon Barkley, uh, and he had uh, a really impressive first drive, too. I mean, they came out. They were in a really good rhythm. It seemed like a completely new offense had happened, and it's just because of one really bad right tackle that you're sticking in a mediocre right tackle, and that's all you really needed, and it worked. I will say, though, it's the same old Saquon crap again. It's one big run, right? And that's what he did in his college career. His vision is impeccable. Like all of it, it still looks really good, but, you know, you for in it. I'm just talking about the production or what they paid for. This is not really against Saquon, but you're going 84 yards, 84 yards and a touchdown. Okay, you know, same thing. And the the problem still seems to be in the middle, but it didn't matter for for them. I mean, like Houston couldn't get anything going. The Giants' defense looked really good. They did. Or they middle. made him. They made him look good. Watson was running for his life all day. He really didn't make it. Like he had a couple of nice throws. You, you can tell that he's back with, with the arm and he's pretty comfortable running around. But man, he just couldn't get the ball to anybody. Now, Eli Apple has been better this year so that, and they needed that desperately. So with him and Janoris Jenkins and Landon Collins, like you got you got a little bit of something there in the secondary. So that's that's getting better. How did that happen, by the way? The, everybody, like Landon Collins literally roasts him and his mom publicly for like four weeks in a row. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we're good. Like, it's nothing. Like, nothing happened. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I don't know how they did it. it. It's pretty remarkable that he has made that turnaround. And, and Pat Shimmer Peace Pipe? You think they have a TP in there? And no, just there's a lot. Get blazed. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, we can, we can do this home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it's, uh, and that's the thing, too. It's just like this with that giant secondary. It, it can look like it's one of the most powerful things ever, much like Janoris Jenkins is. He's so up and down. His highs are really high. His lows are really low. And he, uh, yeah, he showed up today. Yeah. So- I, this is the other thing. Is Bill mm-hmm. O'Brien a good coach or not? Because I don't, I think I don't that's think out. so. Yeah, I, they have so much talent there, and they've underachieved all these years anyway. And so this feels like to me, this is the year that Houston's finally going to move on from him, which seems to be a good thing. Because you got you're young enough, right? Like Clowney, you already gave him a new deal. He's going to be around. Watt is going to be around. Merciless, like uh, Watson, Hopkins, like you have your core guys there. So move on, get somebody else. A loss like this to the Giants, you're zero and three. Houston, by the way, this is this is. Part of the reason why they got crushed, 31st in the league in rushing yardage that they allow right now. Yeah. 31st. So it's really bad for them. So the Giants get the win, 27-22. to And uh, let me see who they're playing next week. They've got the Saints. They'll be at home, but they're playing the Saints. And, man, the, the Saints just point up. They put up a crazy amount of points right now. Man, it was a good year to draft Drew Brees in your fantasy league. It was. 
Yeah. Seven, what do you have? Five touchdowns total uh, against Atlanta. I mean, it helped help me. I think that's uh, man. That's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for that. And the Saints. The Saints are such a weird team. We'll, we'll get to them a little bit later. Uh, let's talk about Washington. Washington. I looked at that game. I came away thoroughly impressed. They played the Packers, and uh, it, it looked like a complete game to me. From from what you expect from Washington, we've talked about them. Like they're so limited. It's all about using the running backs to get all their yardage, whether it's running with Peterson or throwing the ball to Tom. And having him get yards after the catch, like that was a a far different team offensively. Throwing the ball to the tight ends a lot. How funny is it seeing Alex Smith and Vernon Davis completing yeah. passes like ten years later? Um, Jordan Reed was heavily involved in the game. Yet a deep ball to Paul Richardson. Like offensively, who somehow popped up and it was underthrown, popped up and then rolled back in. Right, like Green that Bay. Was crazy no one touched play. him. I was like, what are you guys doing? That was a really wacky play. But all around, I was very impressed with the with the way that they played. It was far more aggressive. Alex Smith looked sharp. They just they looked like a balanced uh, playoff capable team defensively. And here was the other thing too: like Rodgers was clearly not 100. No. percent My God, his knee—he's probably like 50. I mean, he he hardly moved. He still ran a lot, but as much as uh, Rodgers was able to extend plays and the pass rush really wasn't getting there for the Skins, you do have to give them credit because. Rodgers was back there with a lot of time on a bunch of plays. I mean, more than a handful. Like, he had dozens of plays, it felt like, where he had like four or five seconds to throw a pass, and he didn't get anything off. He either had to scramble or throw the ball away. And so, for Washington in that secondary, I mean, credit to them. Like, they only had... They had the one play. They had one breakdown where DJ Swearinger jumped on a Geronimo Allison oh, deep DJ ball. Oh, DJ Swearinger jumped? That's, I know, that's right? That's weird. Yeah, yeah. So, so Swearinger <laughs> blew it. And then outside of that play, which gave him a, a deep touchdown, like they were just a, a solid team yesterday. I was really impressed. And, and like we talked about them being a good team before, th- if they do that kind of performance, I mean, we're talking like wild card for them. They're a good spot. Yeah, they, uh, it's, I don't know if they're going to be a wild card Ish, but they'll be they'll be in the running. They'll be in the hunt for uh, for out uh, the the few weeks, and maybe they do get there. The one I'll get to the offense in a second. Um, you know, I'm starting to get a little worried about Jonathan Allen. <laughs> like there is parts when I go, and this is just listen. This is overreaction and and everything. Derek Barnett had a fantastic game on Sunday, but I look at Jonathan Allen and go, ooh, might have fucked up. <laughs> Ooh, they yeah, fucked up just slightly. He is. I mean, I think he had two sacks in this game uh, overall. Yeah, like th- there was. Uh, there might. I can't remember the other one. There might have been three or four against Rodgers. But Jonathan Allen is no joke, man. It is just he keeps getting better. That's a little scary. Um, uh, to the offense and to your point, Adrian Peterson. It looked like an old school game for him. Yeah, he's uh, back, every, man. Everybody says he's, he's back, back. He's back. He's, he's back. back. But that offensive line gave him enormous holes, especially on some of the bigger runs True. too. You know what did he end up with? A hundred plus yards, hundred and twenty yards altogether. Six uh, six yards of carry, two touchdowns, almost 20, uh, 20 of them on the on the ground. Crazy. And that's the thing. It's I said it in the NFC least. It is the most boring, balanced football team you could ever watch in your life. That is <laughs> all this is. It is here you go, sir. I'll take a deep shot now. Here you go, sir. Here you go, AP. Here you go, AP. Now we'll throw to Jordan Reed. Here you go, AP. Like, it's just, it's that. And you just, you fall asleep looking at it, and so does the defense. It just wears them out. It's still Jay Gruden. It's still wearing them out. Um, and you're going to have just weird games with this team, much like uh, they struggled against the Colts because they figured it out. And it, it uh, the I was really surprised after what the Packers came off of 
from the last week. It was they were a really aggressive, really creative defense, and then it kind of just disappeared. I they seemed lost the entire time, and um, once again, Washington's offensive line still severely underrated. Yeah, creates a lot of big holes, and that's what won this won them this game. Yeah, Morgan Moses got hurt in that game, by the way, the right tackle, who I, I will never forget how Morgan Moses, he he sprained an ankle against the Eagles. He left the game last year, comes back in, sprains the other ankle, and leaves yeah. the game. Like, it, it's just that guy has, has such a horrible injury history, but he always keeps coming back. So respect to him. But uh, the Skins, they do get that win over Green Bay. They have a bye this week. So Adrian Peterson has an ankle injury. According to Jay Gruden, it looks like AP is going to be good to go next week. Uh, they did beat the Packers 31 to 17. Mm. So, a uh, good number of points against a good team. Now, going around the league, John, the big story Jimmy Garoppolo tearing his ACL. Uh, one, the play was needless. I mean, he really could have gotten out of bounds. Yeah. He was fighting for extra yards there towards the end of the game. Uh, it, it just, he got smacked. I mean, my that was like a brick wall hit from that safety on the Chiefs. He just went right down. And, uh, and it's just, it's so disappointing because. Garoppolo is like the whole story of the 49ers, right? Like Kyle Shanahan, obviously, there's a lot of belief in him. But before Garoppolo got there, they sucked last year. Like they were a horrible team. They were, uh, let me check this. They were 1-10. and 10. Yeah. 1-10. and 10. Before he got in there, Garoppolo comes over in the trade. Immediately, they win five straight games to end the season. Like you're looking at this team over the offseason, adding Richard Sherman. You're like, man, th- these guys are a playoff team. Like they're gonna obviously they're, they're probably not gonna beat the Rams, but man, they should be in that wild card conversation. They were a dark horse Super Bowl pick, all that stuff. Like there was a lot of hope in Jimmy Garoppolo, and and this whole thing now is just is totally flat and dead. And can you make anything of the 49ers the rest of the way? Not with what they're doing, and this is. You know, Rappaport tweeted this out yesterday as we're recording this on a, a Tuesday morning. This is what I know there's not a lot of options, okay? Like, and you got to make a decision on what you're going to do with your season uh, moving forward and whatever. CJ Bethard sucks. Yeah. And he's I, bad. I knew that his senior year playing at Iowa, he's terrible. Like, he's not good. But this is what drives me nuts about every NFL coach and GM right now. Listen to the guys that they're bringing in Tom Savage. Kellen Clemens, TJ Yates, Matt Moore, okay? Like, you know already, and maybe that they think it's Beathard's job, so these are all QB3s that they can bring up. Yeah, but that's they already what they've ha- said so far. But that's they, they have Nick Mullins in there, too. But we know that all of that, including C.J. Beathard, sucks, right? Yeah, he's bad. And this isn't going to be a Kaepernick conversation because we know the reasons why, and the collusion case is going to come out soon. We know why that's not going to happen. I uh, But when your chances of winning and getting into the playoffs, and if you're serious about this season, why are you not taking a chance on somebody that can just play football? Forget it. Like this, is, I hate the mentality of I just need somebody that can do the bare minimum that understands my offense. Fuck that. Go find a football player. Go f- take a chance on it. Like if I'm them right now, I'm calling – the Indianapolis Colts, and I'm saying, we need Jacoby Brissett. That's a great call. I we love need, that. We need that now. Now, the Colts probably aren't going to give that up either. He's, the, he's their uh, he Hail Mary came, guy. He literally came in. There's something wrong with Andrew Luck's arm. Yeah. That was clear all game. But something like that, or just thinking a little more outside the box of, give me an athlete that can go and make plays. Give me something that is going to, 
you know, change the pace of this game and not fucking TJ Yates, who I don't think who who was I believe last seen losing QB three competition in Houston. So you're going. I, I know, I know it's tough. I know that there aren't a ton, a ton of other options, but uh, find somebody, find somebody that's got legs. Well, you know who I go for? I go for Tyrod Taylor. Well, yeah, he's got a clear concussion. I protocol. mean, it's better than this list of guys. Yeah, like as soon as he clears concussion protocol. Also, if I'm the Browns, I just think it makes the most sense. They had Drew Stanton there, and and going into the beginning of the season, there were even questions. And this is how poorly run they are over there. Of like, you know, maybe we'll have Drew Stanton as our backup quarterback, and Mayfield's going to be our third, which is like the dumbest thing that you've ever heard. And Mayfield, thank God he got in and proved it, and, and now he's taking that job because holding him back for as long as they did as well was just embarrassing so uh for or teddy i know he's been traded already but go get teddy yeah get get, get him do something yeah well, yeah well here let's do this real quick because people are going to say well we're talking about all these options what about nick Foles? i mean if you're kyle shanahan are you no. trading for nick Foles? No. yeah no. i'm not either too much it's too much money it's, it doesn't make sense the, the eagles clearly don't want to do that either i mean yes in theory but no that's well, not gonna happen yeah because as much as i like sudfeld um I don't see the need to do that to put him in there yet, unless you're getting like a pretty I mean, good I pick. I mean, I do. I do. I but. mean, I I dig <laughs> Sudfeld, but I, I don't know. Uh, I don't. Foles on his hot points are better than I think what Sudfeld is going to give you on the average. So you, t- I I take the up and down. Sure. I take that risk with, but that's also not knowing what Sudfeld's hot points are yet. True. Okay, so all right, so we can have a, a more spirited debate about that. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm, uh, that proves anything. I'm just yeah, saying we don't no, know the highest. It is. A, it is a fair point, but I guess with this year, I'm I'm just happy to play it safe. And like, God forbid, Wentz does get some extended injury again, and and you have Foles out there. If he stinks, you can always go to Sudfeld. But I feel like this is a repeat year. Keep as many horses in the stable as you yeah. can. Ask a high price, and for San Fran to pay, it just doesn't make any sense. So I will say real quick, and we discussed this on uh, around the locker room yesterday. Mm-hmm. So feel free to go and chime in that with me and Elliot Shore Parks. It is amazing how many more injuries keep coming for the Eagles, isn't it? Like you just <laughs> look at around the league and and. You know, I'm sure all of 49ers Nation right now is going, well, that's that's it. Like, your season's done in three weeks. Yeah. For them, that's way more true than it was, you know, for Wentz in, in that extending it all the way to Los Angeles. And now I am knocking on all the pieces of wood here. It's just uh, um, the it's kind of like flying right after a plane crash. Like, it's going to be the safest uh, it, it can be because of all the different precautions that they take. Yeah. I kind of feel that way about Carson. The safest way to feel like he's not going to re-injure himself is right after an ACL injury because it is incredibly rare. Yes, it does happen, but to tear the same thing in the same spot again would be dramatically different. So um, I feel for all of uh, the 49ers fans because that's a kick in the D. Yeah, And from bad for my takes because, you know, I got Jimmy G as – creeping into the top 10 this year we all did we yeah. all did I, and that was one of the that's one of the things about the league that's so unfortunate is when you're looking at this as a whole and that's that's what we get to do a lot on the show which is great is like you look at garoppolo and that's one of the you want to see him take that step because the league's better when there's good quarterbacks out there like just the fact that he gets out from behind brady and gets that shot and you think okay shanahan's shown that he's good look at how the falcons changed since he left there and and by the way they've got injury issues big time as well mm-hmm. so uh you looked at all that and I was really excited for Garoppolo. I think everybody was, and it's real disappointing. So let's do this. Congratulations to the Rams. You've now won the NFC West. It's over. That's yeah, it. Yeah. You won. 
Yeah, it's it. it. Three weeks. So they're guaranteed to get that. And by the way, talking about the Rams, let's just do the top five, John. Yeah. Best team in the league is clearly the Rams. And there's no, there's Hands like them. doing the top five. I almost wanted to do four teams and leave a gap at two. Like they're that good. And the play calling is amazing. Jared Goff looks good. Uh, the middle of the, oh my God, Sue and Donald together has just delivered as promised. And they are but dream so team, dominant. Vince. But dream team. I know. Like, yeah, come on. It's not always <laughs> like that. And the thing that I always have to point to, and I'm gonna have to say this a million times to keep fighting this narrative of dream team, is you go back to the Broncos of like 2014 and 2015 when you added Demarcus Ware, you added Wes Welker, you added Peyton Manning. Like they when brought you have, in when you have a defensive coordinator that actually knows what he's fucking doing. Yeah, it makes a and huge what do difference. you know? Wade Phillips, <laughs> defensive coordinator. When it's not an offensive line guy playing. Uh, pretending to be a defensive coordinator, things change a lot. Yeah, so they are a real team. They're, they're as much of the juggernaut as we thought. They they really beat up the Chargers, and the Chargers are a pretty good team in their own right and did play a good game, but the Rams still win 35-23. They're the best team in the league, and it's not close. Number two is another 3-0 and team, though, and they're, and they're just so fun, and I keep saying this every week. It's the Chiefs. Uh, beating the 49ers, obviously. You know, Grappolo is there for most of the game, so it's not like it's a really hollow victory, but they're still hot. They, it, it's just great to see that magic, and uh, they they deserve it, you know. So looking at the rest, and, and well, is there real big, quick, okay, who deserves two? If it's nobody, not nobody else. Well, want to know why? Yeah, because Pat Mahomes is the fucking truth. Yeah, he is. That's why. Like that's fucking ridiculous. And uh, if you guys aren't paying attention to them, I know it's in the AFC, and it, like he, I know we all said it'll be fun, and Jalen Ramsey said. Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's probably going to be Pat Mahomes instead. Yeah, Mahomes is the guy this year. This is not just Andy Reid in the system. This is not like he... I mean, you saw that play where he's crossing one way, crossing back another, throws sidearm at like 120 miles an hour. Finds his guy, yeah, in he, the window. He's incredible. Mahomes is playing at an MVP level. It's clearly his right now. And then the the other thing is, Andy Reid's probably in line for Coach of the Year right now because yeah. I mean, what he's done with that offense and he has been designing the plays and everything. Like, and, and consider the context of losing Doug Peterson, then losing Nagy. Like, it, this is Andy Reid's show, and it's just it, it's amazing what they've been able to do. They're number two. Number three is a team that's a lot like the Chiefs, and we we kind of mentioned them earlier. I, I have to put the Saints there as ugly as their defense. Is I mean, my God, uh, how many points did they allow last week? They allowed 37 points yeah. to the Falcons. Guess so, that, guess that defense is, is is still not improved yet, huh? No, and it's so <laughs> weird because they were like a top, they were a top 10 unit last year, if not like top seven. They were a strong defense. They really didn't lose any pieces. So I don't know what's gone on that they've had such a crazy regression. I haven't had a chance to dig into the defense like that, but but you've you got the highest scoring offense in the league. And so, as long as they've got that, even if the defense is that bad, it's just an offensive league anyway. And so, like, they're just going to continue to put up 43 points a week, and that's going to guarantee you a playoff spot, regardless of what your defense does. So, uh, Saints, I have at number three. And, and it gets tough here. Like, my number four team, and I don't feel good about this at all, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to skip a spot between the Rams and number two, okay. is I'm going with Jacksonville. Like, they mm. lost they lost, they lost, lost nine to six. Mm. They lost nine. I know. To a guy that doesn't have, or that the Eagles are going to see, that really can't throw a football. I know. He can't grip the ball. <laughs> Their own head coach said after the game, and going, like, going into this week against the Eagles, he's like, well, he still can't grip a ball, right? We're going to see how that goes. <laughs> Hopefully, Blaine Gabbert is out of concussion. Protocol, yeah, like that's your. 
I'm gonna disagree. Uh, I'm gonna disagree here, unless there's only. Well, let me hear five. Well, see, and then, and, and then I want to come back. And to here's this. the tough thing: is I have a split at five, and this is great because the split at five is Do going it. to get solved Do it. this week, John. Do it. It's the Eagles and the Titans at number five. No, no. Are you kidding me? Who'd I miss? The Miami Dolphins, well, baby. I know. Three I wanna, and well, I know. I want to get on that train <laughs> so bad. I, I, I officially proclaimed my love for the Dolphins yesterday. I finally got to watch their games. I think they're fun. Um, the, my only problem is they haven't beat, like, they've won the games well enough. It's not like anything's, like, overly fluky about the Dolphins. But uh, I don't know. I I just, I want to see one more yeah, week. I mean, they've, they've, only, they've played the Titans, the Jets, and then they beat the Raiders. So it's not like. Uh, the bellows of the ball, but you're three and zero in the NFL. You're supposed to lose at some point during yeah. that. Um, that's why the only thing I'm. Everybody said Dolphins are going to be the worst team in the NFL, and I knew that. I just knew that wasn't true. It's like I know, it's, and it's I, I was in that crowd. I, yeah. I really, I doubted the whole thing with Adam Gase, and I just it was like, uh, oh well, you got rid of Jarvis Landry, you got rid of Jai. Like I just bought the narrative. But if you really yeah. look at the team, and and this is what's so impressive. Like if you go and get the chance to watch the Raiders game, they have those ten minute highlight packages on the NFL's YouTube channel, which I can never recommend enough. My God, <laughs> uh, if you're looking for a quick glimpse of a game, it's just the best thing in the world, and it's totally free. So please do that if you if you yeah, really like, like it. How have you not known about this? This has been out there since the beginning of time. I saw. Well, I noticed it last year for the oh, okay. first time, um, and I, and I've been watching some games like that. Secretly, ever since. Vince is 87 years old, and he's just discovered the internet. Well, I am. That's why I sang Sam Cooke at the beginning of the show. And he couldn't figure out his Instagram on the phone today. But you got a brand new phone. I couldn't. Yeah, I got a brand new phone, and that was way overdue. My phone was cracked. It was like the battery would die Welcome, after 20 buddy. minutes. It, it, I'm a disaster. James Seltzer turned 37 today, and I feel like you guys should just swap ages. That's what I really believe. We probably should. I'm yeah. an older man than James, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm pretty, just an old. It's pretty person. insane on that. Yeah. So uh, so here's the thing. I, I watched that Dolphins game against the Raiders, and the the receivers, the way they used them, like it's nothing but speed out there on the field. Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, who like nobody thought about any anything of that when he <laughs> left Kansas City, and obviously Kansas City doesn't really miss him. But man, a welcome addition to the Dolphins and him and and my one of my new favorite guys, like Taysom Hill is one of my favorite guys. He's a quarterback that returns kicks for the Saints. And that's just the greatest thing ever. But the other guy, Jakeem Grant, with the Dolphins is just—he's five seven. He's five seven. Fast he's, as hell. He's fast as hell, and he, he returns kicks. They're using him out there with like jet sweeps and screens and stuff. They—they they just have so much speed. Drake is fast. Tannehill can run. Yep. They're just there's speed all over the place. Adam Gase is having a field day with it, and it's honestly watching their offense. Like the Chiefs have been incredibly fun. The Dolphins are incredibly fun too. The uh, when the the Dolphins came to do joint practices last year with the Eagles. Kareem Grant ran all over the place on like, you know, it was second and third team, so I didn't make too much of it. But you see it in person, you're going, holy shit, this dude is fast. No wonder that's happening. I want to ask you this, too. Okay. This might be a new segment every week as well. Who's not their record? Who is not their record? Because my my main one, and uh, we'll get to to, uh, the the newest way that we're going to solve what was the worst thing in the NFL this this week, and you, you all know what's coming there. But to me, the Chicago Bears at two and one are not are not that great. Yeah, and you know what? It's, people keep keep trying to squeeze them into that picture a little bit. There, their defense is great. 
Well, that's the thing. And it's that the Mitchell Trubisky, right? though, man. I know. It, I'm it, not buying it. I And I've wanted to. I've wanted to believe that he would at least be a capable quarterback. I thought he'd be like a mid-tier starter if he can develop to his potential. But right now, it is not there. I mean, the, the, the amount of criticism that he's getting for making bad reads is warranted. Uh, there's that infamous screenshot of him with a wide-open receiver 10 yards in front of him in the end zone, yes. and, and he just didn't throw the ball to that guy. So th- there's a lot of criticism. The, the way he he processes the game. Uh-huh. It's just it's just not been there. Um, Two touchdowns, like, three interceptions. Come on, man. Yeah, it's not good. And you look at the offense that they're running. They're doing some good things. I mean, holy shit. They they managed to get Jordan Howard and make him a receiver. Yeah, oh, he yeah. is like he is the most like one directional like he is a north south guy to the purest. And they've made him be able to get out there and catch some passes and not look miserable doing it. Like Nagy's doing incredible things out there, and um, and and Trubisky has been the guy that's holding them up. I I still like part of me wants to give it a little bit of time still because it's his first year with Nagy. So maybe after he gets this year, like he's probably not going to get much better this year and I think he's already established that when you look like this you're not going to be elite he's never going to be like a top five top ten quarterback but maybe he can be an acceptable starter it doesn't seem to be this year and that's going to hold the Bears back because if he was a at least mid-level quarterback they win that division it looks like I mean that defense is strong Ryan Pace you dumb motherfucker yeah (laughs) Mahomes Watson, no, I'm going to trade up for that guy. Yeah. Anyway. And I know trading up, too, is what's going to make it really painful if this really doesn't work out. So the Bears, yeah, the Bears are a great pick at 2-1. and one. Maybe uh, we'll find. Maybe we'll start doing that every week. Find the fraud. Okay. Find the fraud. That's that's not a bad idea. I mean, yeah. man, something, yeah, something about the Bears. Because could change, like, you know. But uh, more importantly, Vince, uh, we would like to welcome in, and there were many entries, right? There were some good ones out there. There were. There were a lot of great names. Uh, we had, you know, just calling the, the Browns, just like the yeah. Browns are good yeah, now. Like so who, who else is the Browns? We had the Clapper Award uh-huh. in honor of Jason Garrett, who we've discussed thoroughly <laughs> on this show. In honor of the new mascot, the Gritty. Oh, yeah, the Gritty. Yeah, but we, I don't know. I want to see how Gritty goes. There was the Vince Quinn, which... Uh, Thank you, Turtle, for yeah, that one. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty crappy guy, and so it it, uh, it deservingly is Man, in there. Why is it so self-deprecating? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I got to keep it real. It's all about honesty on this show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the Jera was suggested in honor of Jerry Jones, but the award winner and and I don't know what we'll do to this person, but the, congratulations to you! You've you've been our winner with the burn the table. Yeah. So the great tape. submission! Thank you for that very much. And John, how are we burning the taper? Whose tape are we burning this week? I mean, it's the Minnesota Vikings. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what a fantastic display of awfulness by everybody. Yeah. Kirk Cousins looked fucking terrible. Terrible. Throughout this game, you had Josh Allen jumping over Anthony Barr. Uh, Elliot Short Parks has said that the Vikings are frauds, and I'm starting to buy into it a little bit. I really, really am. Like a comeback, you know, from Green Bay to go and tie. Your first game is against San Francisco, and they're not all together. And now you're dealing with literally the worst team in the league, the team that wanted to start Nathan Peterman out for the season. Uh, you had no LaShawn McCoy. You had no. You're at home. It's where the defense is supposed to be. And fuck you, Minnesota, because they all booed too. And that's that's the thing. It's a new season for everybody. And and when you see crap, you have a right to boo. So. I don't want to hear anything about like, oh, how dummy are they really giving it to him after they won the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yes, because you're not playing well. There's a big difference. You're not going to go, it's okay. We won the Super Bowl last year. No, they're pissed in Minnesota. You spent all the guaranteed money on Cousins. 
Burn the tape. Burn it. Burn the concession stands. Burn the skull <laughs> chant. Burn it all. And just put some bleach in your eyes and forget that it ever happened because I couldn't believe how early and often Buffalo was in scoring range for the first half. Ha! Well, well, that's the thing. It's like all, all those points, because I got in an argument with somebody who I don't know if they're a Bills fan or what, but uh, it, it wasn't even that the Bills played well. It was that Minnesota really did play so horrendously bad. There were a couple of plays where uh, they would just give up like 50 yards before there was even anyone in the vicinity, which is <laughs> insane. Like when you run for more than five or 10 yards without anybody remotely near you, it's a massive mistake. And they had guys seriously going 25, 30 yards before anyone was near them. It happened at least twice. And, and that's how they got one of their touchdowns. So that was really bad. That was all right at the beginning of the game. So blown coverages, not not paying attention in game planning meetings. I don't know. They were just awful to start the game. They had penalties that moved Buffalo down the field on the first drive of the game. Uh, yeah, the offensive line sucked. They just got dominated all day, three and outs, nonstop. I mean, they had nothing going in every phase of the game, and it was it was impressive. Like I don't know about you, but at the end of the game, I legitimately was laughing at how bad they were. They had did you see the onside kick? They had oh, the onside kick. Forget about that, dude. The onside <laughs> kick at the end of the game where they nail it. I mean, that was a great onside kick. It's right in a gap. Buffalo's just like flopping around. The Vikings guys are right on it. It's slowly making its way to the sideline. They just can't catch it. They just they just could. They're just diving all over the place. They're like they they keep missing. It and the ball goes out of bounds, and the game was it was over, but it was totally over then. And it was just like, my god, this is the most embarrassing shit I've ever seen. How do you guys like? I, I don't even know how you you say anything after that game. Like, you might as well just put them like you know in the the old medieval times, you like lock people up by their their hands, and you put their head out there, and you can like uh, I don't know, you could like throw shit at them or like <laughs> spank them in the ass, like, throw lettuce and produce and all or whatever yeah, else. Yeah, like there. that's all that's right. what should have happened to everybody on the team. It was it was that bad. Out of a game, it was amazing. Uh, now I will say this: Josh Allen, he was kind of fun. He wasn't great. Like I certainly wouldn't he was say Josh Allen. Yeah, my opinion hasn't changed on him. But you know, watching him jump over a guy was fun. Um, he made like some NFL throws, so he was okay. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, like the Bills couldn't catch passes. They they were they were just so bad, and they didn't have McCoy, and they still won because Minnesota was that bad. So I totally agree. We burned the tape, and now we go, John. To our closing thoughts, I'll give you the floor. Closing thoughts are, um, you know what's funny? I think that it is extremely way overdue uh, for Jason Winton to be a color commentator. He needs to be fired. I can't watch Monday Night Football anymore. That's a big part of it. Like, everybody says it, how much it doesn't influence it. I muted the whole thing. Wow. I, I couldn't even oh listen God. to it. And I was just in and out. I wasn't really paying attention, even though it ended up being a really good game against, you know, Fitzmagic coming back and doing all that stuff. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I can't watch Monday Night Football anymore. Yeah. Unless it's the Eagles that are playing on it. I can't do it. The Jason Witten commentary is everywhere. Now, for me, I sort of... I sort of tune play by play out like I hear it, but I only I almost filter it. I have selective hearing. It's like I hear what I want to hear, and everything else just passes through. Oh, that's a, so we finally solved the problem. Right, write that I, yeah, down. you just don't pay attention. <laughs> like I just turn my brain off for it, and I make my own comments. But and everyone's like, "Fit, shut up!" I'm trying to watch the game. But uh, my closing thought: not football, John, and and this is embarrassing. But I finally, just now, this weekend, for the first time in my life, saw the fugitive. This is my oh my god! I know, I know. 
Just now? I just, yeah. Like, you find that man. Yeah. 48 hours ago was the first time that I saw The Fugitive, and it changed my life. Yeah. That was uh, top 10 all time. Richard, do you want to get shot? Right? Yeah. And then he does a, he did a, he did a, God did a Peter Pan right off the waterfall, right on there. Yeah. That, Can we go home now? No. No. Dude, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> he's the his, best in that movie. He's he's amazing. I mean, the, the writing for that character is so good. Like, people always say, you know, oh, well, the act, like, in general, I, a lot of times when people are talking about acting, I don't think they always account for how good the script is, yeah, too. Like, exactly. That was such it a well-written like character. Just like Dude, I've seen The Fugitive so, 395 times. I'm so jealous. <laughs> like, I, like, me and my girlfriend were watching the movie, and the whole time, like, every, every three minutes, especially in the beginning of the movie, where you just... Like each thing that's happening, you're just like we, we just kept looking at each other, and going, "Holy shit! Holy yeah. shit!" Like we couldn't stop. Wow. It's it's a, like everything that happens in the first 15 minutes of that movie is better than entire movies and more plot than entire movies by a long shot, and they're still rolling the credits. Like <laughs> it's unreal. It was unreal how good that movie was, and I can't believe I don't hear about it. You all switched the, time. the samples. Yeah. He switched the samples. <laughs> like yeah, and then the, my favorite line was the. Uh, it was like, I didn't kill my wife. I, I don't care. I don't care. That was like, oh my God. I like, I melted inside <laughs> when I heard that line. It was just, it was the greatest movie I've ever seen. Vince Quinn, welcome to 1994. Three, yeah, oh, 93, 93, 94. So yeah, like I, and uh, I've always been bad with movies. So now we're trying to make a point and, and, and she is too, my girlfriend. So, well, she's better than me, but we're trying to watch, we're trying <laughs> to watch a lot the of these. Yeah, we're trying to watch the classics now. So that was, that was available and we watched it. It was available on HBO if you've got it. Make sure you watch The Fugitive if you haven't seen it. It's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I love it. Recommend the, one of the most watched re-aired movies of all yeah, time if you I, haven't I've seen it. I've never seen it. It's hey, never... hey, fam, uh, watch The Godfather or watch, uh, yeah. by the way, that's my bugaboo. I've never seen The Godfather. Hey. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, then, okay. Well, but I'm just saying, I wouldn't recommend me I, say because the one I, movie. That... Because I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. I wouldn't go like, hey, guys, really good movie. Make sure to see uh, The Departed or like, you know, something that everybody's seen a million times. Enough. Hey, guys, a few good men, really good. Hey, pizza, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> All right, Vince, I'll see you next week. Buddy. All right, yeah, speaking of fugitives, let's get out of here. Peace. <laughs>